Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We're your hosts, Daniel and Bonnie Hoover, and we're so excited about today's podcast. Um, We are going to let you have the opportunity to hear from some of our new friends. We're going to call them friends. We've been able to spend a little bit of time with them, and we're just so thankful for their hearts, and we cannot wait for you to hear this interview today. It's going to be a lot of fun. So whether you're a baseball fan or simply a fan of great marriages, and we hope you are, that's why you're listening, you're going to love today's guests. Today, we get to spend some time with Brian and Connie Doyle. So Brian is a former Major League Baseball player. He started in the 1978 World Series for the world champion New York Yankees. And for that series, he held the batting record. And after which, he was featured on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He and his brothers, uh, who all played Major League Baseball, ran one of the premier baseball schools in the country, Doyle's Baseball Academy. And amazing as all that experience was, Brian would tell you that his relationship with Christ and his 46-year marriage to Connie is the highlight of their life. And now, uh, after all of that, they're missionaries with Global Sports, and Connie's the office administrator for Global Sports. Brian and Connie, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Wow, this is awesome. We, we Since we knew about it and you guys were going to come over, uh, we've been very excited. So we're excited to be here. Our pleasure, well, Daniel and Bonnie. We're Thank you for asking us. Well, thanks for letting us. We're sitting in their living room, and you guys are gracious hosts. Yes. This is so great. Our kids are running around tearing up their house but they've no, been so no. wonderful <laughs> so well, we, great kids oh thank you well, we love interviewing different couples on a podcast but you guys have fit a lot of life into your 46 years of marriage minor leagues major leagues two children Dole's baseball school cancer full-time ministry parkinson's but but here you are you, there's so much god's brought you through tell us how it all started how did you two meet Connie, why don't you, you you tell them exactly how we met? Exactly how we met. Yes. This is a fun little story. So exactly how we met. We were little bitty kids thrown in the back of probably about a 57 Chevrolet in the back seat. <laughs> so, so how did that happen? Well, our siblings are anywhere from 10 to 15 years older than we are. Both of our mothers had us late in, in life and, well... Um, so, so therefore our siblings, uh, babysat us a lot and, uh, you know, we were little kids in Kentucky. I was, uh, born in Horse Cave and he was down the road in Cave City. So the names of the town were Horse Cave and Cave City. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so that's when you know it's country. It's, yes. con- it's, it's well, country. Well, you've seen the signs, visit Cave City. Or yeah, visit, yeah, you know, yeah, visit, yeah. Yes. It's in the Mammoth Cave National Park okay, yeah. area of Kentucky. It's very, very beautiful. So, um, uh, so when these children met, he had this identical brother that looked just like him. And as a child, my sister, you know, said, okay, we're going to go to the A&W root beer stand or whatever. And I'm looking at these two little kids in the back that's, first off, I didn't even know that there was probably other kids around (laughs) because of country life and and uh, hadn't met them, but there they were. They looked just alike. I was totally amazed. So we were in the back seat. And you were how old? 
five years old. Five years old. She was four. I was five. Okay. And uh, uh, I felt... I literally fell in love with her in high school. Mm. And uh, uh, she turned me down five times <laughs> when I asked for a date. <laughs> and uh, she finally said yes. And uh, we went to the athletic banquet. Uh, and it was just, uh, it was really cool. So I knew who I wanted to marry. Wow. And uh, uh, a, a real... Funny story, uh, I had a girlfriend passed, yeah, and anyway, sh she shows up at our school, and she wasn't a, me uh, wasn't a member of our school, uh -oh. and so I'm trying to get her out, <laughs> and, and who do I see coming up the steps as I'm trying to go down with this girl is Connie. I think I read this story in your book. <laughs> yes. And anyway, um, I knocked on the door the next day at Connie's homeroom, and I said um, uh, to the teacher that Connie Payton is wanted in the principal's office. And she walks out the door, and I throw her over my shoulder, and I carry her to the annual room, which I had a key and uh, literally got down on my knees and said, I am so sorry. I love you. And, uh, and we hadn't been separated since. You were wow. not taking no for an answer I, anymore. I, I, was, I was a senior, and she was a junior. Mm. And uh, I just knew who I was going to marry. Wow. One of the interesting stories is that... Um, when I went on my first date with Brian to an athletic banquet, and he had won, I believe, his first uh, trophy for Hitting. your batting average? Yes. Okay. So uh, then after it's over with, you know, Brian comes out to the car and sort of throws the trophy in the front seat, so I'm getting in my side. Guess what I sat on? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. And broke it. Oh. <laughs> and broke it. And and he still loved me. Oh. <laughs> That's when you know it's true love. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So you dated through high school, and then after high school, how old, when did you get married? How old? Uh, we were very young. Uh, I had gone to rookie ball at a high school. The Texas Rangers drafted me, and uh, it was a high enough round, and uh, so. That was in 1972. 72. We had just won the state baseball championship and I went off to Geneva New York and uh, I played that half of a season then I went to a ball in Gastonia North Carolina now I was an identical twin I've never been alone mm. and here I am completely alone mm. I'm the youngest person on the team and uh, when I got back, I had a ring, and I asked Connie to marry me, mm. and she said yes, and I was, how old were you, Connie? I didn't realize how young we were until years afterwards, <laughs> and I was looking through our wedding pictures and doing the math, and I went, oh, my word, 
I was 18 and Brian was 19. Where were the adults in our lives? Mm -hmm. However, back in those days, that wasn't that unusual. Mm -hmm. A lot of girls, a lot of my girlfriends, you know, were graduated high school and in a few months got married. So I actually graduated in June of 1973. And the same year in December, we were married. We had a Christmas wedding. So when Brian proposed to me, it's like... um, uh, he need he did not have his womb mate on the road, <laughs> his twin, and uh, you know uh, we started out as kids. We had a love for each other, but at the same time, as kids that age, you have no clue what real love is. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, let's get married and and just hit the road, and that's mm-hmm. what we did. Wow. I love it. I love a love story like that, especially, you know, 46 years later. So we're going to dive deeper into this love story. We want to hear some good baseball stories, too. But before we do, we're going to let our favorite baseball player do a little quick interview with you. We call this segment Lightning Round. Mr. Bryan, I'm going to ask you questions. One baseball player to another, and you answer as many as you can in two minutes. Are you ready? I'm ready. What age did you start playing baseball? Five years old. When you were little, who was your favorite player? Mickey Mantle. Is it true that you were the first, very first athlete to have an ACL surgery? Yes. How old were you? 16 years old. When you got to the bigs, what player did you find to be the nicest? My roommate, Jim Catfish Hunter, and he's a Hall of Famer. Who was the meanest? The meanest? Didn't have a mean one. I don't know about mean. What was your favorite stadium to play in? Yankee Stadium. I knew that. Did you get any sleep the night before the Game six of the World Series? Sure. When you met Pete Rose, did you really tell him to get lost? Yes. Was it more fun to play baseball or teach baseball? Wow, great question. Teach. What pitcher was the most difficult to hit off of? Nolan Ryan. What's more special, holding the batting record for the 1978 World Series or marrying Miss Connie? No doubt, marrying Miss Connie. Wow, we're spending some time with Brian and Connie Doyle. And uh, before we go any further, I got to ask you, you got to tell us about your Pete Rose story. You, You really told him to get lost. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this was before you were fully developed in Jesus. <laughs> tell, right? us, tell us about this. We want to hear the whole thing. I was I was 13 years old. Denny was is 11 years older, and he was playing for the Philadelphia Phillies. And he's your brother, Denny. He's my brother. And uh, mom and dad and Blake and I got in the car and drove to Cincinnati because the Phillies were going to be playing the Cincinnati Reds. Denny comes into our room. And says, boys, I've got a surprise for you. Uh, Frank Lucchese, who was the manager of the Phillies, brought two uniforms for both of you. And, and you're going to take batting practice and infield 
with me. Wow. And we were, I mean, I was just, both of us just blown away. And then he goes, now there's one thing. You do not ask for autographs. Mm -hmm. When you get in that stadium, don't ask for autographs. Well, let me tell you what I did. (laughs) It was the Sheraton Hotel, and they had the notepad by the, uh, Uh yeah, by the telephone. So I I stuck it in my back pocket with a pen. And so we're in a cab, and we get to the stadium, and this car just screeches in to a parking lot. And he gets out, and it's Pete Rose. Well, I'm from Kentucky, Pete Rose. Yeah, yeah. So I just ran over there, and I said, Mr. Rose, can I have your uh, autograph, please? And he goes, get lost, kid. And uh, I was just... Oh, man, I was brokenhearted. Yeah. And then he said, I told you not to ask for autographs. I said, but we weren't in the stadium yet. <laughs> Technically. That's Technically. Like ice cream before a kid and say, don't eat it. I know. Right. It. So it's, it's 1979. Fast forward. I got to lead a World Series in hitting. And uh, now Pete Rose is with the Phillies. And we're in Clearwater, Florida, and Catfish Hunter and I – uh, take a cab, uh, and we always like being the first players there. And we get dressed and we walk out, and Pete is taking batting practice, and he, you know, hits the last ball and just dro- jogs around the bases. Mm-hmm. And we're on the third base side, and he hits third base and comes right up to us. And uh, he goes, hey, Cat, how's things going, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're talking, and he turns to me, and he goes, Pete Rose. And I said, get lost. <gasps> he stuck out his hand to introduce himself, and you told him to get yeah, lost. Yeah, and so now I'm the second hitter, and I get a single. Who's playing first base? Pete, Pete Rose. Rose. So he is, is getting ready to say something, and I take my first step off the bag. And I said, Pete, never ever. And I took another step off the bag. Tell a 13-year-old who wants an autograph, and I take my third step off, to get lost. And then I turn, and I steal second base. (laughs) (laughs) Now, all the Yankees were on the top step, all my teammates, because they, Catfish had told them that I told Pete Rose to get lost. And they didn't know the story. So they were waiting for a fight. Mm -hmm. Back then, (laughs) you know, they were all on the first steps of the dugout. Well, anyway, uh... That was before Christ, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did want to remind him that, you know, when kids ask for an autograph, yeah, give, that's right. give an autograph. Yep. Well, we did come to Christ in 1977, so you, we're, once you come to Jesus, you grow. grow yes. And but grow. you know what? <laughs> but I if, think that's okay to do even if you're a Christian. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, when it comes to Christ and the maturity of Christ, I was still a little bitty baby. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. wow, what a great story. Yeah. Well, and faith is so central to who you are and to everything you do. And you both have a really unique salvation story. Would you tell us about that? Your turn, Connie. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Um, so, when, when we 
first were married in December 1973. The, the first place we went was Pittsfield, Massachusetts uh, for a season. And that was my introduction to ball and everything. And it was, uh, wow, he was gone a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, d- uh, the first time in living in the northern states was a, was a little experience. Um, I'm sure that they had a hard time understanding my southern accent, and I had a hard time understanding northern accent. So the next year, the next year, that was with the Texas Rangers. We were uh, traded to the Yankees, and uh, we started that year out in Syracuse, New York. And when we were in Syracuse, um, we had this lovely, lovely couple that we had met in spring training that had taken us to church, and we we just um, had fell in love with them. And and uh, Marv and Karen Thompson is mm-hmm. their name. And um, Marv and Karen ended up uh, staying with us some in our apartment because they were looking for housing. Minor league players, you know, the first thing they do when they get into town is looking for housing. So we had an extra bedroom, so our little boys stayed in our room, and we gave the room to them, and we just watched their life and mm. and knew that whatever they had, we needed that. Wow. So from that point, after just watching their lives from spring training to about August, then what happened, Brian? Um, We're on a road trip, and uh, we fly into Tidewater, Virginia, and and, uh, we're going to play the Mets AAA team. And um, Marv and I are roommates, and uh, we get our luggage down and everything, and we lay down on the bed just to rest before the game. And and the Holy Spirit was... I mean, just my heart was pumping like crazy. And uh, I knew I needed a boss uh, because I was really messing things up. Mm. And I rolled off the bed and dropped down to my knees and prayed out loud. And I said, uh, Jesus, I know you're Savior. Uh, I need a boss right now. I need, I need you to be Lord of my life. Well, Marv was just flabbergasted and uh, I got saved Mm. Jesus saved me right there and I got so excited I got on the hotel phone and called Syracuse New York Mm -hmm. and Connie answered the phone and I could tell she was crying and I said sweetie what's wrong she goes nothing I just got off my knees to answer the phone. I just accepted Jesus as oh. Lord and Savior of my life. Wow. At the same time. At the exact same time. Mm. And uh, uh, then, uh, yes, we were young, but now we're young in, the, in Christ and, and able to grow in Christ together. Wow. And uh, uh, minor league baseball, major league baseball is really, really hard. And uh, without Christ, uh, you just, Connie and I wouldn't have made it. Mm. Uh, it just, it's just too hard of a life. And, uh, and Christ changed everything. And, uh, and this December 21st will be our 47th wedding anniversary. How about that? I, I love a couple of things. I love a lot about that story. <laughs> A couple of things is, is thank the Lord for, for 
Christian couples in a non-Christian world, mm-hmm. your friends that showed the love of Jesus That's to you right. guys. Yes. And it was obvious the Holy Spirit was working in both of you on the opposite ends of the country at the same moment. Yes. But, um, Ryan, you said something that's so important. You said in that moment you knew Jesus was Savior, so you had a belief in him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even the devil has a belief in him. That's right. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have a faith in him. That's you right. You hadn't given him as your, your heart as, as Savior. His boss. And his boss. And I think that's so important for all of us is that um, it's not enough just to know about him. It's not enough to just even believe who he was if we don't give our lives over to him. Mm. Praise the Lord you did. It's very, very easy, and I tell a lot of people that if I go down, if I go to New York and I'm walking down Fifth Avenue, whatever, Yankee fans are unbelievable. Mm. And they'll stop and go, I know you. Mm. You know, you're Brian Doyle. You played for the New York Yankees. Well, they don't know me. Mm. They know my stats. Yeah. See, that's how I was with Jesus. Mm. I knew his stats, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and, uh, I wanted to get to know him, Mm -hmm. and I needed a boss. Yeah. And uh, I needed to be the husband that Connie deserved to have. Well, and what was that like? What how, what changed after that? I mean, in your in your marriage, and and because you are in a difficult world to to be married in. I mean, the statistics of divorce the divorce rate is extremely high. It's higher among professional athletes. Yep. Yes, but God did obviously. You're you're here this many years later, forty six years, and God, I'm sure, was played no small part in that what would you say oh he he's absolutely the keystone the cornerstone Mm -hmm. we we couldn't have done it without him but Mm -hmm. then again I don't know how any marriage or Mm -hmm. people just make it through this life on this earth without him um we that's absolutely the cornerstone of our marriage I want to I want to share the same Marvin and Karen Thompson um he quit baseball, and uh, both of them went out to a dude ranch in Arizona, and what it was for was for pastors mm. uh, to get away, and, uh, and, and they would counsel all of that. Well, we went when it was closed, and they said, hey, y'all come now because it's closed. And we're sitting uh, the first night. The kids are in bed. And Marv turns to me and says, Brian, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, and 10 being the highest, how good is your marriage? And I did the man thing. I said, okay, I bring home the bacon. Mm -hmm. I do this. I do that. I I do this. I go, I went 8 plus. You know, I thought 8 plus. Karen turns to Connie and says, exact same thing. Connie, on a scale of 1 to 10, (laughs) Uh, how good is your marriage? Connie didn't even think. She just went, two. Wow. <laughs> and I got really embarrassed. Mm. I got really upset. Mm-hmm. And I, I slammed the door and started running in the desert. And it was it was night. And I had cacti in my leg. I, I just kept on running. And I'm yelling at God. 
how could you allow her to embarrass me? You know, and I'm, it was all about me. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, I ran a couple of miles. And when I got done, I'm huffing and puffing, and the Holy Spirit said, Brian, if Connie thinks it's a two, it's a two. It's a two. Mm. And from that day forward, our marriage changed and got deeper with, with Christ. And the reason why is because all the books that she was giving me, and I would not, she'd lay it at, at, on the table. I wouldn't read them. Mm. Well, I started getting all those books out and reading, mm. and I found out that two was very gracious. Wow. wow. And uh, I, I, I uh, we think about that quite often. So uh, am I an eight? I hope I'm an eight. <laughs> uh, but... It changed my life, and, and, and it changed Connie's life in this. Uh, she said, Brian, the one thing I love about you is when you, feel, when you know that you are wrong, you'll do everything you can uh, to make it better. And, uh, uh, and I feel so humble that that's how she feels about me. That's exactly right, and I'm very blessed that my husband chose me and pursued me and uh, got on his knees in that annual room and threw uh, you over his shoulder. There you go. There you go. I'm very blessed of all the women in the world he could have chosen and he chose me. So I, I think as uh, young believers and humans, we look to each other sometimes. We look to our children. We look to anything to fulfill us. You know, it's like my husband has to meet all my needs. My wife has to meet all my needs. My children, my job. Yep. And in reality, vanity, vanity. Mm. All is vanity. The only way that that happens, that your heart is full, is your relationship with God, your maker, mm. and his son, Jesus Christ. And then you are full and able to... Um, be two full human beings that's giving to one another out of the resources of God's love, mm -hmm. not out of your um, um, uh, just depth of despair that you're looking for somebody else to meet that. Yeah, oh yeah. So uh, I read a lot of books too. Mm -hmm. I, I um, Both of us, no one has a perfect upbringing. Uh, our, all of our parents love us, love us, love us, just like we love, 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 love our children. And we have made mistakes, mm -hmm. and our parents made mistakes. That's no excuse, because we have the perfect parent, God, mm. that heals us in every realm. And during those uh, years of those deep dives in, those, in the books and learning, there was one an old, old one now by Evelyn Christensen, mm. Lord, Change Me. Mm. And it was a real reality to me that um, I couldn't look at my husband to be this uh, fairy tale prince charming upon a white horse That's right. to f that is going to solve every problem in my life. That is fantasy. Mm. Now, Jesus is that prince on that white horse. Mm. Your husband is made of 
clay like you are, mm. and you are to love him and give him grace. And we are in covenant with one another and with the Lord. And when there's three people in a marriage, that makes mm. it very beautiful. It, it, wow. I love that picture. Mm. It's, it's tremendously unfair for us to expect our spouse to be able to meet all those needs, isn't it? Or anyone else, anyone your else. child, your boss, mm -hmm. anybody, your pastor. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 Jesus that meets the needs, and and you know, I love the verse in Psalms thirty-seven four: "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the de desires of your heart." Commit your ways to him, trust in him, and he will do it. Mm -hmm. And and my desire was to love Connie the way I was supposed to love Connie. And uh, uh, and I'm still working on that every day. Mm -hmm. But bless her, she has she has taken me through cancer, mm -hmm. where I was given six months to live. Uh, and now I was at age 40 and I'm 66 Praise God. and, and God had that, uh, he just wasn't done with me. That's mm -hmm. right. And now she's caregiver because I have Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. So you know what? God allowed me to choose the right woman mm -hmm. that we could grow together mm -hmm. in Christ. And, and she is an unbelievable caregiver because she looks to Jesus mm -hmm. on how how to take care of me mm -hmm. and all of that's so incredible so inspiring and but I I, I want to even think back to that moment where they asked that that question was asked of you of where would you rate your marriage and two things that really stood out to me is one a lot of couples are not willing to be transparent and honest enough to say it's a two mm -hmm. and that that she was willing to step out there which was probably a bold thing for her to do to say um okay my baseball player professional baseball player who's a 10 on everything you're doing two at home you're two at home god empowered you to have the courage to say that and then the most amazing thing is that that 10 baseball player was able to humble himself and say okay if this is what my wife says, what God spoke to your heart, you are humble enough to hear it and receive it. And I know there are a lot of couples that are in that place right now that maybe one is like we're fine at an eight or seven, and the other is like we're in the basement, we're, at a, we're in a one or a zero, but they just don't have the courage to speak out. And you must speak out. And, and Bonnie, that's what I love about this man. Mm -hmm. is because when he truly heard, mm -hmm. when he truly heard and listened, and, and yes, it hurts at first and it's hard, but it it's worth it. Mm -hmm. you, you, go, you go through it. And, you know, I just pray that, that it's two people that are willing to humble themselves mm -hmm. at the foot of the cross and yes. let the Lord rebuild mm -hmm. yes. or let the Lord build to begin with. There was no right. rebuilding. We... We, like I said, we loved each other as kids, mm -hmm. you know, but we didn't have the knowledge of what that real har mm -hmm. hard, truthful love is when you're going through difficult times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love, Brian, on your side of that conversation, 
It's what we tell our kids on the baseball field. Take the information you're given and then adjust. Mm -hmm. And we did a, a podcast episode not long ago on that. You took the information you were given. It wasn't good to see. You didn't like seeing it. You swallowed it, but then you adjusted. It is so important for couples that are even listening to this that might be going through, uh, you know, some really tough times. One is because of COVID, because you're together all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it is so, so important. I don't care if you're a, a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, however you want to do it. Uh, if Jesus isn't Lord of your marriage, uh, then the marriage can't grow. Mm -hmm. If, and I've heard it many times, and you have too, uh, a couples come together for counseling, and uh, I've had them come and say, Pastor, I just don't love her anymore. Mm -hmm. And I go, you don't know what love is. Mm -hmm. Love isn't a feeling. Mm -hmm. Love is a commitment. Mm -hmm. Love is a covenant. And our Lord Jesus Christ loved us so much, he was willing to die for you and me. And, and it, it's getting them to understand, and whoever's listening, that love is a commitment. It's a covenant. It has nothing to do with feelings. And we, as human beings that are flawed, we're always looking for pleasure. Pleasure doesn't take us where we want to go and and it's commitment and love and give yourself away and uh every day uh, give yourself away and if it's to your wife or or to to a friend or as a couple uh don't be takers be givers mm. give yourself away that's when true joy comes into a marriage mm -hmm. that's joy and uh, happiness depends on circumstances mm -hmm. joy comes from the lord mm -hmm. and, and being faithful to him that's mm. right mm -hmm. you know you guys over 40 almost 47 years of marriage you don't get there by easy all the time uh, my parents will be uh, 60 years in, in January. Oh, wow. And uh, they got married That's at eight. Awesome. She was 18. Awesome. And um, and you don't get there by easy. I don't sit here with you guys and you're, you're arm in arm sitting on your couch, cuddled up together. You don't get down that road easy, you know. And um, It's the adventure of the highs the and the adventure. lows. That's yeah. why we called this the marriage adventure because it's the highs, the lows, and it's everything. And um, it's part of it. You guys have had, you've had some high highs and you've had some really amazing times, you know, from Major League Baseball to the, to the World Series. And, and I held, you know, the trophy earlier and the uh, World Series trophy. And then you get to establish one of the, the premier baseball schools in, in the world. And, and, but then you, you have the lows. And you have a doctor tell you you have cancer. And then he looks at you and say, you've got six months to live. And, um, and now Parkinson's. What have you learned? Because couples listening, they go, we go through these pits. We all do. How do you lean in to each other? How do you make it through those times? What have you learned from those times that 
you can pass along to our listeners? The immediate thing that comes to my heart and mind is totally leaning on Jesus one day at a time. Mm. Mm. One day. And when he gave us evening to sleep and a brand new morning filled with blessings, it's that was such a great creation. <laughs> <laughs> so we just ha- can wake up and start new every day, mm-hmm. but it's one day at a time. It is. And, and you know, going through the cancer, uh, uh, I walked out in the car. I was by myself. And uh, I opened the door and I sat down in my car, but my feet were still out of my car. And I said, Father, is this what it boils down to? And the Holy Spirit spoke so loud. You know, God speaks louder than words that we hear. If he spoke audibly, yeah, you're right. And he goes, son, it's what it always boils down to. You either trust me or you don't. Then I put my feet in the car and I laid my head back and I said, okay, Father, you take care of my wife. And then I'm going to ask you this, that my son and daughter know you better than I've known you. And then I was literally like warm water all over my body. And I had that peace that passes all understanding. And, uh, and so we took it head on, said, let's go. Let's get this thing done. And God, uh, God allowed it. And, wow. uh, and here we are. Well, and, and you've done, besides playing baseball, you have had a lot of ministry, a lot of life of ministry. Um, how did God lead you to that? Well, after we became Christians in 77, just uh, there were some Bible studies on the team. And then uh, after the World Series in 78, Brian and his brothers, uh, we all settled in Winter Haven, Florida, and began the baseball school. And that was something from the very beginning that uh, there was, uh, that they had chapel, Mm -hmm. that that was very important to them, voluntary, if if the children wanted to come. But it gave Brian an opportunity to preach the gospel every day every day to parents and and baseball players so after 25 years of that um brian was actually ordained as a minister when he was 50 so his cancer was at 40 Hmm. his ordination was at 50 (laughs) our parkinson's diagnosis was at 60 Wow. What's 70 going to be? No. <laughs> Can't wait. It's going to be awesome because at this point, it only gets better. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it, it, it really is. You know, God allowed uh, Connie and I to, as uh, soon as we got to Winter Haven and, and bought a home, uh, we had small groups. We've had small groups in our home for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then being able to share chapel every single day mm-hmm. uh, for 25 years, uh, you know what? You get to know the Word of God, and you get to know Him more intimately mm-hmm. uh, by ministering to others. Uh, and it, it, was, it was just amazing. And then we went to a thing called PAO, 
PAO is Professional Athletes Outreach, and it's for the major leaguers, you know, to come in. And, and, and we had been invited a couple of times, and, and uh, we never went. And uh, so after my career uh, of playing, of course, I was still with Doyle Baseball, we went. And the Dravecki's were speakers. Dave Dravecki? Jan and Dave. Mm-hmm. And tell our listeners what happened to him if they're not aware. All right. Uh, he was a left-handed pitcher, and he th- threw a fastball, and his arm liter- literally broke. And uh, he had bone cancer. Mm-hmm. And they had to take the arm away. Mm-hmm. Um, but he spoke, and she spoke, and they were talking exactly to me and Connie. So after they spoke, Connie went with her and I went with him and we had about an hour just individually. And uh, I had been, had the notion to become full-time minister. And I kept on saying no. For five years I said no. Because I got to go and, and share the gospel every day. Mm-hmm. Doing baseball. Doing baseball. I mean, what, yeah. what great. And you know what? I really learned that he wants us to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Fully mm-hmm. trained disciples. And Connie and I answered the call and said, okay, right. wherever you want us. And God took us to First Baptist, Fort Lauderdale, very large church. I got to serve there for nine years, nine wonderful years. And uh, we had a 15,000 congregation. Uh, I got to, I was the evangelism pastor. I was also the senior adult pastor. And then we started uh, small groups from a Sunday school church. And uh, uh, we had had a small group as soon as we had got there. And uh, it was really cool to, to watch that ministry just really blow up. It, it, it got so big we had to hire three more pastors. Wow. How about that? Uh, and uh, uh, it, was, it was the best years of my life. It, it, it really was, and uh, I just loved pastoring. I love to hear that because as a pastor to church, you you don't hear a lot of pastors say that in mm-hmm. the best years. I mean, I can truly say that for me, but you don't hear that a lot, and I, I love that. And So these years later, you're, you guys are still actively involved in ministry together. Tell us about global sports and what you guys are doing. Sure. Global Sports is now uh, 15 years old. Uh, It started with a Messianic Jewish man named Jeff Siegel, who I trained to be uh, a baseball instructor. And he gave his first chapel, and over 40 people came to the Lord. And he went home, and the Lord spoke to him and said, you're a manager uh, at a company, and I want you to quit, and I want you to take baseball all around the world Mm. and he did 
At that time, it was global baseball. It was global yeah. baseball. And uh, when I came up here to Georgia from Fort Lauderdale, uh, I became uh, a full-time missionary uh, with Jeff. And uh, um, I traveled the world. And, uh, yes, I fell down. I There were lots of things that were, uh, I'm going, what, what's going on, yeah. you know? And uh, uh, Connie is, is our office administrator, and we found out uh, that I had Parkinson's uh, while I was doing mission work all around the world. And, uh, but now I get to write curriculum. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did with Doyle Baseball, and that's what I do with uh, Global Sports. Mm. I write the curriculum for pastors, uh, uh, making disciples, uh, uh, the new missionaries, uh, all those, uh, and, and I'm having a blast. Mm. Uh, do I miss travel? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love talking and, and, and sharing with other pastors around the world about how to make fully trained disciples of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And Connie r- literally works over 40 hours a week in this ministry that's, that has grown uh, to a, a fairly large ministry. Yeah. Mm. You never retired. You just rewired. That's there right. There you go. That's well, right. What's amazing, too, we, we talk a lot of in our home about just how wherever God has you is that's your, where your ministry is. And we tell Colby plays baseball, actually, with an organization that your son is, is running. And Doyle's next level. Yep, and he loves it. But we tell our children all the time, baseball is not about baseball. It's about the people. It's about where you are, showing Jesus wherever you are. And God gave you this amazing career in in this sport that people look at you and are in awe of that. But it's your platform. Not It's not just about baseball. It was your platform to be able to launch ministry. And people want to hear your voice because of what you did in baseball. But I'm sure, you, I mean, you, you see all the people who have come to know Jesus through your ministry and baseball wasn't just about baseball. Right. I don't think it was any coincidence that we surrendered our hearts to Jesus in 77. Now, when we were raised, of course, we were sent to church, mm-hmm. and, and we mm-hmm. believed, but but we hadn't surrendered. Right. So that happened in 77, and in 78 is the World Series. And mm-hmm. when you think about it, he was in AAA that year. So the whole thing was just a God miracle to have that platform. In fact, Connie, I went to Connie during, after the 77 season, and uh, I said, I, I think it's time for me to, to just retire. You had been in minor leagues for how long? Uh, since 72. Since okay. 72. Yeah, it was five years. And, uh, and I'm with the Yankees, who... They don't bring anybody up from the minor leagues. They go by, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. players. And Connie looked at me and said, let's give it one more year. And as a wife, it would have been easy to say, let's get out of this hard life. That's exactly <laughs> right. people did you have saying, get a real job? Yeah. <laughs> My grandmother for one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. And I said, okay, we'll give it one more year. Mm-hmm. And literally... We're in Tacoma, Washington. That's where AAA was. Mm-hmm. Connie drove from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to Tacoma, Washington. Yes. That's about as far as you can go. It is. 
And, and when we got to Tacoma to open up the season, the manager comes to me and says, you're wanted in the front office. So I go into the front office. I pick up the phone. This is Cedric Tallis, general manager of New York Yankees, which I knew. Mm-hmm. He said, Brian, we need you in Baltimore right now. So I get called up to the big leagues. And so I'm excited, and I walk out of the office and Connie is running with the stroller going, I found a place to live. I found a place to live. And I go, I'm going to Baltimore. (laughs) She had driven from Fort Lauderdale, Florida to Tacoma, Washington. And now she's by herself. So tell us about, before we wrap up, tell us about that getting called up in the world series, because that was not a, that yeah, that, that was, was unique. that was very very unique. Uh, I was up and down five times. I got called up five times, uh, but we were in the playoffs in AAA, and Mr. Steinbrenner, George Steinbrenner, wanted to win AAA, AA, everything. So they send me back to AAA to play in the playoffs. Now wait a minute. Before they sent you back. I think Mr. Steinbrenner, which God rest his soul, we love him, he brought Kirk and I up from AAA and so graciously put us in a hotel with you where we lived a lot of the season. And Kirk just loved it because he was the kid in the hotel running <laughs> around, you know, that uh, all the staff just, it was great. <laughs> so... The, there we were, and then um, you went on the West Coast to play. Yes. And when the Yankees came back to town, you weren't with them. They left right. you in Triple H. So I went home. So to I told her my mom's to house. go to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Now I get called up when the roster expands to forty man, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and then Willie Randolph, the great second baseman for the New York yep. Yankees, pulls his hamstring three days before the season ends. And so I'm in the lineup. Well, we go to the playoffs, and we had a one-game playoff with Boston uh, because we were tied. And Bucky Dent hit the home run, and, mm-hmm. and we win. And now we're going to Kansas City, and I'm not eligible Mm-mm. because I was called up too late to be on the roster. After the roster had expanded. Yes. So – the Yankees had to get permission from the Kansas City Royals and from Bowie Kuhn, the commissioner of baseball. The Royals were probably fine with it. Randolph wasn't playing. That's exactly right. <laughs> sure, we're good with it. And, 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 and the commissioner said, no problem. Well, we win that, and now we're flying to L.A. Connie's on the plane with me, and uh, uh, I don't even know if I'm eligible to play in the World Series. Wow. And so the same thing had to happen. Los Angeles Dodgers had to say it's okay. Bowie Kuhn said it's okay. When did I find out? The day before we had practice at Dodger Stadium. Now it's the day of the game. Uh, Jim Catfish Hunter and I and Yogi Berra get in a cab. And we're halfway there, and Yogi goes, Shorty, you're playing. 
that's when I knew. <laughs> the day of the game. On the way to the oh stadium. Wow. Connie, so when Connie Colby asked you how you slept the night before, you really slept fine because you didn't know you were playing or not. That's right. And, and, and one of the biggest things that years later, the New York Times asked me to write about being a rookie and the pressure. Hmm. And and they they went ahead and they ran it, but they didn't know what it was going to be. I thought, now nah, they're not going to run it. Pressure is when you can't pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Pressure is when you're away from your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, pressure is uh, uh, wondering. I wonder how my two-year-old son is. See, everybody knows that pressure. Mm-hmm. I was playing a game. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I was, I was living my dream. There was no pressure. Mm-hmm. My wife was with me. Mm-hmm. My family flew to New York. I knew I was going to make more money than I've ever made in my life. Just even if we lost yeah. mm-hmm. the World Series, there was no pressure at all. It was fun. And everybody that's listening to this knows what pressure is. Mm. Well, it's not in a stupid game. Mm. (laughs) It's in life. And Jesus says this. Are you heavy burdened? Mm. I'll tell you what. You give me your burden. And Jesus says, I'll give you mine. Because mine's lighter. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a freedom that is. Because his burden is for people to be saved. That's right. You know, what Connie and I have learned is if we take care of God's business, he takes care of ours. That's right. That's the hope. And when we do it as a couple, oh, there's joy, great joy. Wow. What an amazing story. What amazing stories. If you're listening today, I hope... Our time with Brian and Connie Doyle has encouraged you. I hope that no matter what you're going through, that you are able to, to take something from today's podcast to be encouraged. If you want to hear more of their story, whether it's baseball stories or marriage or their faith stories, um, Brian wrote a book that, that recently came out not too long ago, and it's called The Call. You got a lot of calls. Calls up to the majors call to, to ministry and uh and man it's called the call the desire to finish strong and um brian connie how can how can our listeners get this book they can simply go to go global sports.org go global sports.org scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see the pinstripes on the call that's great. Such a great book. I've enjoyed reading it. And we'll we'll put a, a link to that in our show notes. So if anyone's looking for that, they can find it easily. Um, and so, man, what a great, great ministry, a great um, testimony that you have and just the encouragement. So thank you so much for sharing with us today and for um, just for the ministry that you do and, and the marriage that you have. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.